dust and breath me on Welcome to This Good Word, where every week we look at one single word in an endless discovery of reclaiming what's holy about our humanity. My name is Steve Weens. I'm a pastor, I'm a writer, and I'm a father of three crazy boys. My hope with this podcast is to create an environment where you can continually discover who you actually are in the world. So feel free to check out my website at steveweens.com, S-T-E-V-E-W-I-E-N-S.com, where you can find links to my blog, to purchase my book, which is called Beginnings, The First Seven Days of the Rest of Your Life, and also links to follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Enjoy the podcast, everybody. Hey friends, welcome to This Good Word, episode 42. The word this week is judging. I want to talk about our instinctual, reflexive judging response toward ourselves and toward others. And I want to talk about how judging is actually an energy in the world that we can join forces with, we can partner with, we can participate in, or we can decide to break up with it and decide to play by different rules. I want to talk about the difference between honest confrontation and judging, and also the difference between having an opinion and judging. So it's going to be fun, but first I want to remind you, Seth Haynes, author of Coming Clean, and I are doing a one-day event, June 25th, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m., called Sobriety and Spirit. For anyone who's addicted to anything, whether that be drugs and alcohol or approval or perfectionism or a particular body image issue, it's for anyone who wants to cultivate the ability to listen for the goodness of God's voice in their life above anything else. It's for anyone who wants to go through the raw and difficult decision of deciding to put your faith in a good God and to ride the waves of beautiful pain and beautiful resurrection and redemption. Um, It's for anyone who is drunk on something. And as Seth says in his book, Coming Clean, I suppose we're all drunk on something. So you can get uh, tickets. Uh, They are still available at steveweens.com slash events. And we would love to see you. It's in St. Paul. There, If you're traveling from out of town, as some of you I know are, uh, we have some people coming from California. Love that. And um, there's all kinds of information, all kinds of FAQ about hotels and that kind of stuff. So hope you can join us. Yay, yay, yay. Sobriety and spirit. Also, I want to give a shout out to the fine folks at Sanctuary Providence. Uh, last, well, two weekends ago now, I was in the beautiful town of Providence, Rhode Island. I was hanging out with the fine folks at Sanctuary Covenant Church, downtown Providence, and I had so much fun. 
these people were like brothers and sisters. They were like family immediately. They hosted me so well. Uh, I had a, just a blast on Sunday morning preaching. And then Sunday night, a few of us got together and uh, did uh, about a two-hour conversation around my book beginnings. And so I just wanted to say thank you, Providence. I had so much fun. You guys are the best. Definitely, definitely, we are extended family. We didn't know it, but we are. So that was super fun. All right, let's, uh, let's dive into the word this week, judging. And so we get to uh, one of the teachings of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, which is perhaps his most famous teaching. It's three chapters right in near the beginning of Matthew, Matthew's gospel. And I think this is one of the teachings of Jesus that is, is probably the best well-known. Um, it's it's quoted a lot. It's quoted in defense a lot. Well, don't judge. You shouldn't judge. Well, we shouldn't judge. And really, um, I think it's misunderstood, um, but I think there's a more powerful message that's even more freeing and even more revolutionary, actually, than we think. So in Matthew 7, 1, this is toward the end of it, the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, hey, don't judge people and you won't be judged yourself. You'll be judged, you see, by the judgment you use to judge others. So the word judgment is used uh, five times in that verse. So it's a big deal. It's a Greek word, krino, and it means to determine or do condemn it means to call into question, to separate, to pick out, to select, or to choose. And that doesn't really help us a whole lot. Sometimes looking at the original languages just it blows up some beautiful new um, way of looking at it. Um, but what I want to say is when you take all of those definitions together and when you use it in the context that Jesus was using, I really think the best way to define it is this way. To judge someone in the way that Jesus is talking about here is to put yourself in the position of determining someone's value. It's to put yourself in the position of determining someone's value. And so in this way, it's different than having an opinion. Like you may have an opinion about the certain political platforms, about the political candidates for presidency right now on all sides. And you might think so-and-so is wrong to say something. And you might think so-and-so has a bad strategy for solving uh, the uh, economy issues and for balancing the budget and for dealing with immigrants. And you might have a strong opinion about that. That's different than judging. Uh, we all have strong opinions about things and we need to have strong opinions about things. It's how things get done in the world. Uh, judging in the way that Jesus is saying it is pronouncing someone's value, acting as if you have the power to actually determine someone's value. So you can think so-and-so has a terrible uh, has terrible rhetoric, has terrible political <laughs> views and opinions. Um, but it's but thinking that way, thinking, disagreeing, is different than judging. Judging is determining someone's value. But you can see how quickly we can slip into having an opinion about something and disagreeing with someone else can quickly slide into determining someone's value. So I want to say that the first place we typically go with judging is we judge ourselves. And we do this so reflexively 
so instinctively that I think it bears some. I think I think it bears some necessity of talking about it. So, are, let me ask you some questions. Are you aware of your own self-talk when you make a decision that you wish you wouldn't have? Maybe you decide to have that extra donut, or maybe you decide to, um, well, maybe you even blow up at someone, and oh man, the next morning, or even that night, even maybe even right afterwards, the self-talk that you probably have is less, oh man, I made a bad decision and I need to make it right. That's called guilt. Guilt is actually a good thing. Oh man, I need to. I, I made a bad decision and I need to make it right. Um, judging yourself says, I'm a horrible person. I always make those bad decisions. I can't believe I did it again. I'll never get it right. And you have these thoughts so reflexively and so instinctively that I think it's hard to even recognize that you're determining your value on the basis of your decisions. And that's something I think that's dangerous. That's actually what Jesus is calling judging. I am not my poor choices. I may make poor choices, I may make choices that really hurt people, and I may have to work hard at restoring that relationship, or I may have to confess that to someone else and to God. I may have to make, I may have to turn around and make that right, and that's hard work, and you have to do that over and over again in your life. But I think the major thing that stops us from actually changing is this self-judging, self-referential, even narcissistic need to keep judging ourselves, to keep putting ourselves in the penalty box and in the prison of saying that we are not just a collection, uh, we haven't just made bad choices, but we actually are horrible people that will never make uh, better decisions. I think Jesus's thought is this. See, we we take Jesus's thought, don't judge people and you won't be judge yourself. I think we take that as a promise that if we continue to judge people like that, God will judge us in the same way. And so we end up in this loop, the self-condemning loop. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I did this. Even God won't accept me anymore. But I want to say, I want to call BS on that. I'm going to call bad theology on that. Jesus actually wasn't saying that. And the reason why I can say that is because over and over again, elsewhere in scriptures, we see the exact opposite being borne out. For example, in Romans 8, 38 through 40, I am convinced, Paul writes, that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life angels nor demons, neither our fears for today or our worries for tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Do we make bad choices? I do. Probably you do. I know you do. But we are not our bad choices. And so part of the work is stopping the endless judgment loop that is happening inside our brain because judging is a boomerang. I think what Jesus is saying is not that 
to the degree that we judge people, God will judge us. But judging is an energy that we can cooperate with. And it's a boomerang. If we judge ourselves, we will judge others and it'll come back to hit us. If we participate in the energy of determining someone's value over and over again, whether it be ourselves or others, here's the deal. It's going to hit other people and it's going to come back and hit us. And we're going to get caught in an endless judging cycle. When we judge ourselves poorly and harshly and determining our value based on our behaviors, then we will do that with other people. That's the way the judging energy works. You can't judge others and not judge yourself. You can't judge yourself and not judge others. So if you think, well, I may have negative self-talk, but I don't do that with other people, you're wrong. You're doing it. Even if you don't say it, you're thinking it. And in that way, being caught in the judgment loop is actually a prison that you have the power of getting yourself out of and you have the power of locking yourself into. So there's this great story. It's found in the Gospel of John. And it's one of my favorite stories in all the scriptures, actually. Jesus has gotten away by himself to the Mount of Olives. And all of a sudden, these religious rulers come up to him. It's just such a bizarre scene because he's just trying to pray by himself. He's just trying to hang out and connect with God. And, and, and they come and they ask him a question. They say, suppose we've caught a woman in adultery. The law of Moses says we should stone her. And, the, and I, I've talked about this before, but it bears repeating. The law of Moses does say we should stone her. I mean, that's what's crazy. That's what's like, oh my gosh. And so they're trying to trap Jesus. They actually bring this woman in the presence of Jesus. Can you imagine this? Maybe she's in various states of undress. She's the only woman in the crowd. Excuse me. <coughs> she's the only woman there. She's surrounded by these religious leaders. She's feeling all kinds of shame. I guarantee you the judgment loop is happening big time in her mind that, um, oh my gosh, whether she's done something wrong or not, you know, because there's, there's, there's some commentators say um, that, that they've just, they've set her up and they haven't actually caught her in, her in adultery. Um, but, but the scriptures say that they have. And so let's just go with it. Let's just go with the fact that she's guilty of adultery. Whatever the case may be, they're ready to stone her. They have stones in their hands and they ask Jesus. And Jesus does this bizarre thing. He bends down and writes in the sand. We don't know what he writes in the sand. Maybe he's just collecting himself because he's angry. But he writes in the sand a couple of times and he stretches back up and he says, let he who has no sin throw the first stone. I mean, boom, that's a mic drop. Let he who's never done anything wrong go ahead and fire away. And it says they walk away one by one, starting with the oldest. We don't know what they're thinking. Maybe they're seething with anger. Maybe some of them are seething with anger. And maybe some of them are stung with rebuke. I mean, it's, it's an unbelievable scene. And it ends up with just Jesus and the woman. And then Jesus asks her, woman, does no one condemn you? The word condemn, krino, is the same exact word that's used in Matthew 7, 1. Do not judge others, same exact word. 
you can use it's the same exact Greek word. Woman, does no one judge you? Then, <clears throat> then neither do I. See, Jesus was not playing by the judgment game. He was not participating in the judgment game. He was not determining this woman's value on the basis of her decisions or her behavior, even if they were really bad decisions. And then he says, go and sin no more. See, this is a, and even that is a beautiful release. Jesus, when, when Jesus doesn't participate in the judgment game, He's not saying that sin isn't sin. Sin is in fact sin, and it's not good. It takes us, it's, I I ran into this definition from my friends at Sanctuary Providence. Sin is legitimate longings that have gone astray or that have gone awry. So every addiction you have, legitimate longing, it's just gone astray. Every bad decision you make, legitimate longing, it's just gone astray. So Jesus is going to say, you are not your bad decisions. You don't need to lock yourself in the prison of judgment. You don't need to get your own value by determining someone else's worth as if to put yourself in a position higher than them. Because I think that's, at the end of the day, what judging is. If you judge yourself and find yourself, if you determine, if you put yourself in the power of determining your own value and you think that it's low, then the only other way that you're going to feel better about yourself is if you determine your value as higher than someone else. That's why we judge others, friends. That's why. It's just this endless line, and we're going to look to our right and see people who we think are better than us, or we're going to look to our left and see people who we think are worse than us. And it's an endless game of judgment where no one wins. Instead, Jesus says, get out of the game entirely. Now again, This is different than having an opinion. Uh, I have lots of opinions. I have lots of opinions about what other people think or write or say. And I can have those opinions and I can think, I don't agree with that person. But I can ascribe unsurpassable worth to that person at the same time. Because they're not their opinions. They're not their decisions. They really aren't. And I don't have the power to to determine their value. Right? It's also different from having an honest confrontation with someone. I've been confronted by someone in love where I didn't feel judged. I didn't feel like they were determining my value for me. They were actually trying to help me. This is what Jesus is doing with the religious leaders that drag the woman in. They're saying, he's saying, your behavior is despicable right now, but I'm going to give you the opportunity to confess it. Let let he who has no sin throw the first stone is a confrontation. But it doesn't judge them. It gives them the opportunity to drop the stones of judgment and participate in something altogether different. You see what I'm saying there? Confrontation, when done in love, is setting someone free. Jesus was setting them free from a life of judging. And I'm going to assume some of them, some of these men, dropped those rocks and had an epiphany and decided to live an entirely different way by an entirely different set of rules and laws. And I think that's what Jesus is talking about. So friends, here's the deal. I think the first the first place that we have to start it with this whole judging thing, if you want to drop the stone of judgment and 
and absolutely play a different game altogether. Stop participating in the energy of judgment. I think we got to start with our own negative self-talk. I think we got to we got to confront those things. I think we have when we become aware of our shame spiral. You are your decisions. You will never get that right. You're always going to make that mistake. Whatever it is that's you deciding you have the power to determine your value. I want to encourage you honestly to repeat the words found in Romans 8:38. There is nothing that can separate me from God's love. Nothing. And you can say not bad decisions, not even negative self-talk, not my narcissistic, self-referential, endless shame spiral loop. There's nothing that can separate me from God's love. You may want to get a stone, I mean an actual rock, and write the word love on it. And if you do that, what I'd love you to do, I haven't done this in a while, but I think there's power, you guys, in agreeing with each other and helping each other out. Take a picture of that rock. You've written love on the top. Take a picture of it. Share it on Instagram and tag me. Steve Weens. Share it on Facebook and tag me. Um, I'm on Facebook as SJ Weens. You can find me. And we can be in it together that way, you guys. We can decide to exit the judging energy. And enter the love energy, which is so much more redemptive, so much more powerful, so much more life-giving. And to the degree that we can start entering into God's love for us, that's boundless and endless, then we can start loving others with that love. And that love isn't generated by us. It's not generated by trying hard. It's not generated by, you know, pretending we agree with every opinion. We'll never agree with everyone else's opinion. I mean, that's ridiculous. I don't even agree with myself half the time. Um, We can enter into the love of God, which is endless, boundless. It's way bigger than us. It exists outside of us. We can enter into it and thereby begin to understand God's love for us. And when we start to do that, we will start to ascribe unsurpassable worth to other people. This is how this works, you guys, and it takes time. But we got to exit the dualistic thinking that says, I'm right, you're wrong, or I'm wrong, you're right, or that person's bad, or that person's good, or I'm bad, or I'm good. It's just these are, or that conservative person's bad because I'm liberal and I'm good, or that that liberal person's bad because I'm conservative and I'm good, and all these ways of thinking that's either or. It's dualistic and it's doomed to put yourself either underneath someone else's value or over someone else's value. And it will always inherently end in judging. Instead, take the third way of generous, expansive love that says you are not determined by your bad choices and neither is someone else, that there is a kind of love that is bigger than bad choices And it's not a love generated by you. It's not a love you can try hard to do on your own. It's a love that's also an energy. It's the beautiful, expansive energy of God, which is way more powerful than the energy of judging. And you can choose over time to participate in that, ladies and gentlemen. So I want to encourage you to do that, to to get into that kind of energy. And so will I, my friends. Yay. Okay, that's a better way to live. It's a different way to live. So, uh, gang, um, 
Here's the deal. Don't forget about Sobriety and Spirit. That's event I'm doing. This event I'm doing with Seth Haynes. You can get tickets at steveweens.com slash events. I'd love to see you there. It's pay what you can. That's what's great about it. The the price of the event, the cost of the event is 39 bucks. But if all you got is nine bucks, that's what you're gonna pay, gang. We've already had people sign up and give some extra. So don't feel bad. Don't judge yourself because you you only have nine bucks. I believe it's going to work out, man. I love doing these things. Pay what you can. 15 bucks, awesome. Five bucks, awesome. A hundred bucks, awesome. I think we're going to find that, that there's enough and this event is going to be beautiful. So stevebeans.com slash events. And I think that's it, everybody. Um, I am thrilled to be doing these podcasts with you. I just found out that and these things are moving so i don't know if it's still true today but at least as of one day this week i think it was monday this good word cracked the top 100 spiritual in the category of spirituality podcasts on itunes so thanks for listening i mean i want to say yay to that there's a part of my judging spirit that says you can't be excited about that that's self that's self-referential that's narcissistic all that stuff and maybe it is <laughs> But I'm going to choose to celebrate it. I'm going to choose to say we're in it together, that this um, thing is helping people, this podcast, these words, these guests that I bring on, that it's in the top 100 because it's actually a force for good in the world. So that's that's how I'm going to play those cards. <laughs> All right, folks, uh, we are dust and we are breath. We are limited and we're limitless. We are human and we're holy and we are in it together. See you next week, my friends.